morning. This is Arthur Bush. You're listening to Radio Free Flint. This is the first of hopefully many more to come of the Tiny Music Cast series. Uh, this one is entitled Flint Water Crisis Songs. These are songs that are written about the Flint Water Crisis by singer-songwriters from coast to coast. Our first guest is Anshe Duvacott from Boston. Anshe is a German-born uh, singer-songwriter. And she wrote the song Flint, Michigan, that you were just listening to. And I want to thank her for taking time out of her schedule uh, to uh, help us here at Radio Free Flint as we try to draw attention to the Flint water crisis that's still ongoing some five years later. Anshay, welcome to Radio Free Flint. There you're welcome. I just discovered your podcast and I really love it. Well, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am originally from Germany, and I was transplanted when I was 13 from Germany to um, Delaware because my parents divorced and moved to <laughs> my mom moved to America. So I, I speak German, and I have some sense of uh, Germany, but I've been in the United States for a long time now, and I've um, been a singer-songwriter ever since uh, the end of of uh, 2000 or so. I've been doing this for about 20 years for a living, singer-songwriter. Now, you've played at some pretty amazing places. Uh, one of the places that jumped off the page was the Newport Folk Festival. Uh, yeah, that was exciting to share, to, to play that stage. There's been this... a, lot of, a lot of very accomplished people who started their careers there. Yeah, most notably Bob Dylan <laughs> went electric there. That was my biggest, uh, I felt the most excited about that connection. Now, uh, how would you describe your genre of music? Um, I always find it really hard to describe because I just do what I do. That comes from what I feel. Um, I suppose it would fall into confessional singer-songwriter music, maybe sort of modern acoustic folk. Um, I write a lot about myself, and like, um, but I do it with a guitar, so I think that's why it just falls under the folk umbrella. But it's not, it's not so much folk in that traditional sense as a more contemporary one. Now, your music, uh, you're well-known in, in, on the East Coast uh, of the United States, particularly in the Boston area. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in Boston. Boston is my main base. And you've won numerous awards. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about those? 
Um, I don't know what to say about the awards. They're, uh, the other people decided that they liked my songs, I suppose. Um, it's like, actually more that it's hard to, um, it's hard to talk about art sometimes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I heard when I, um, when I play a show, people always introduce me by the awards. And to me, the awards are such a minor, um, part of my story. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that's why it seemed like a strange, um, a question I'm having a hard time with. Well, it's a credential, if you will. Yeah, uh, so in any event, you won a bunch of those. Why did you write this song and what were you trying to say? Yeah, so a lot of my writing comes from a place of needing to get something important out. Um, and it often starts with a mixture between my own experience and my having consumed like a news story or a documentary or something that made me you know, feel like this is important and I want to give it more of a voice. So so that song, um, it comes out of kind of a sense of outrage about um, poverty in America and the way that disenfran people really get extremely disenfranchised in this country in a way that they are kind of powerless and that the elites can often just either discard them or play games with their lives. It just... Um, it's an issue that I've always really cared deeply about. Um, and then maybe add to that a little bit that as an artist, I myself have been through periods of really true um, financial insecurity. And so I think it's, a, it's a, even a bit of a mix where I know what it's like to live on the edge. And at the same time, I don't know what it's like to be entirely powerless. So it's, it's, I think artists are interesting because they kind of exist on this like um, socioeconomic borderline because in a way like I, I certainly have been in places in my life where where I have felt at the mercy of it's just an issue I really care deep, deeply about and uh, the man so to speak um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that really well but the, the elites just um, they don't even really know what it's like to live on the edge. And Focusing the camera a little bit more on Flint, Michigan, what was it about that situation that um, that touched you? Yeah, so it just seemed like such an extreme dismissal of human life and the import and value of people. Palace, um, especially the part where where the water was definitely bad and the people realized it was bad um and yet the officials would kind of dismiss their experience so it sort of almost struck me as like a gaslighting you know like that's the the term from psychology it just felt like they were being gas gaslighted about what the truth even was and it just made me extremely angry the song not only was a, a, a I mean, the message that you were trying to send obviously was that this is morally wrong uh, yeah, and so in the song, I think I kind of almost take on the voice of the officials in saying like, oh, this is no big deal. So like, the water was almost blue, the story was almost true, the damage was almost next to none. All those lines refer to, um, oh, this is no big deal, Like, and you almost can believe it. You're like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Um, and then the next line, on a good day that old car still runs, is kind of debunking that so it's sort of like saying everything's actually not fine like the car only runs some of the time and this is actually what it's like to be poor too is that you know things are not quite right um and then uh, some of the later lines are um referring to a lot of the lying a lot of the kind of deception and, and lying about 
the water crisis. Like, um, let's see, what's some of the line? Uh, I've got dust in my eyes from all your sugar and spice. It's sort of like they keep like sugarcoating it and like making it seem like everything's fine, but like the sugar and spice is turned to dust and it's like clouding my eyes and it's hurting me. So I don't know, I write in kind of a little bit abstract ways, but that's kind of what I was meaning to say with those lyrics. Well, let's listen, then, to, yeah. some more, let's listen to some more of your song. Sure. I got dust in my eyes From all your sugar and spice And one penny to short Of ever getting your joke So take your pie in the sky Sweetly cover about the three-legged dog which got my attention I wasn't sure what that meant yeah so like I said I write in abstract ways to try to get at what if what something feels like and so I think feeling exposed and on the edge in terms of just um, a safe existence that that might feel like being a three-legged like a dog on a on a sunny highway and you just need some shade so you know shade in a good way <laughs> um you know, just need like a, a refuge. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Obviously, um, you sing about all kinds of other subjects. Uh, um, I don't think I'm, I would never purport that I have a sort of a strong enough platform to be able to say I want to help. I don't know, but I would, my from my heart, I would want to be able to help get, uh, amplify their voices because that is what it, what songs are really for, or I mean, songs are for a lot of different things, actually, that's not true. But one of the uses for songs, I think, is to take a message that might be sort of uh, unpalatable to people and then sneak it through into their awareness by sort of coding it in music, which is something that people like. And then by giving them something that that's pleasant, you can sometimes really get them to listen, you know, in ways that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. And so I do love when I'm able to use my music as a voice for, yeah, oftentimes for disenfranchised people in situations like, like Flint, where maybe people have just been happy to forget about their troubles, but then if they hear the song and they like the song, then they, it kind of is fresh on their mind again and, and maybe will make them feel things too. That's the other beautiful thing about music. It makes you, it opens you up in ways that maybe the news does not. I think music can be useful in that way. Well, so I would, I would tell them that I would, hope to be able to amplify their voices. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate all of your good thoughts and uh, gestures uh, toward the city of Flint and its people.
and I look forward to meeting you again someday, uh, Anjay, and uh, I, I wish you well. Thank you for, for uh, visiting with us. You're welcome. Thanks. So I'd like to, I'd like to go out with uh, the rest of our song. So here we go. Uh, this is a song called Flint, Michigan, uh, which was written by um, German-born uh, musician Ante Anche Duvacat. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
veins, poison in our veins, poison in our veins, yes, poison in our veins. Twelve six feet underground, six feet underground, yes, six feet underground. You're listening to the song Water by Barb Barton of Lansing, Michigan, a singer, songwriter, who has produced a movie about the Flint water crisis as well as his song. Um, we interviewed her and asked her why she wrote the song, and I think you'll find her story uh, quite interesting. What was your inspiration for writing the song? Uh, my inspiration was uh, the people of Flint. Um, I worked at a water distribution site, volunteered uh, at the St. Mary's Catholic Church uh, starting in uh, January of 2016 and volunteered there for uh, up until I think it was July when they closed it down because of the state pod had opened up nearby. But I was so moved by the people who came through to get water and supplies uh, developed a relationship with them really and um, you know I'd see them every weekend or if I worked there during the week and I paid attention and listened a lot to what they were saying to me and the resiliency uh, of those people really moved me but also the heartbreak that they carried and feeling like they were being uh, ignored by the state and really by everybody. It was, it was heartbreaking. And so I'd got an idea to write a song about it. And what I did was basically use phrases that people had said to me as they came through the distribution site over those months. I really wanted to give them voice um, through the music. And I wrote the lyrics first. The melody came later, but I wanted the rhythm to be kind of a driving, repetitive, um, because that's what the water crisis was, the same thing every day, every day, every day. They had to go get water, they had to boil water, whatever. Um, I wanted that repetitiveness, that mundane uh, struggle that they were going through uh, to come across. So and that's how the song was born. And then uh, once the song got born, did you write the song all at once or did it, did it come, come about over a period of time? Uh, it pretty much I wrote it all at once. I think I went back, you know, and tweaked the words here or there. Um, but it, it, it pretty much came pretty quickly. And where were you when you wrote the song? Gosh, that's, that's been more than 10 minutes ago, and I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I was probably in my basement where I have all my guitars, where you see me right now. Oh, Probably here. <laughs> that's your thought. That's your thought room. Uh, at that at that time, it was yeah. And it you could record, be anywhere. Did you record the song someplace? Uh, yes, I did. I recorded it uh, here. I had my engineer brought all his equipment here, and we recorded it here in my basement. The whole album was recorded here. So once the song got produced, what what was its what was its life after that? The life after that, I did a um, CD release concert at the MSU Community Music School. And I might add that uh, I really wanted to have a choir from Flint sing on the song with me. One of my coworkers' father 
uh, is a choir director and he had worked with choir directors in Flint before and he suggested getting hold of Albert Strickland because um, Albert had a community choir called Chosen. He thought it would be a great pairing. So I got a hold of Albert, sent him the song. I said, this is going to be really weird. You guys do gospel music and this is kind of a folk, folk rock kind of song. And I don't know what it's going to sound like paired together, but I'd like to try it. And he agreed. So um, they actually, we, well, we went to Flint uh, to one of the Baptist churches and recorded the choir there. And they came and sang at that CD release concert. And a week later, we that performed. That was in East Lansing. Yep. And then a week later, we performed it in Flint at. Um, one of the churches that's, I don't remember the name of it, it was kind of near St. Mary's uh, Catholic Church. They were having their own um, concert and invited me to sing with them. Oh, okay. So it, was, it was amazing. Great. And then you've played it at different venues over time as well, right? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, anytime I'm doing a show, I play it and uh, it really moves people a lot. Um, and it's also featured in my you know, documentary short. And it's really great uh, when I had it in the uh, film festival up in Alpena, the Thunder Bay International Film Festival. I actually had uh, some of the audience members write to me and tell me that they wanted to do a water drive for Flint and how, how do they do that? And that meant everything. It, it meant that the song had inspired someone enough that they were actually going to try to do something to help. The whole goal of the song was to keep the water crisis and the people of Flint in folks' minds because, you know, the news cycle goes like this. Is there something special about this song for you personally, besides just, you know, I mean, is there something about the song that you particularly like? I like the rhythm of it a lot. And I also like the feeling of connection that it, that it keeps within me to the people that I met in Flint and was able to provide some support to during my time volunteering. And I absolutely love the choir singing with me um, because most of the people in the choir, I think Albert doesn't live in Flint anymore, but his family members, I believe, do. But most of yeah, them- a large, were, The Stricklands are a large family and well-known. Yeah, and, and all of those folks lived and are living with that crisis. And so to hear them singing now there's poison in our veins, you know, one of some of the lyrics to the song. It just really moves me. And um, so that's probably more than one thing I like about the song, but, but definitely um, it keeps me connected to my time there and the people there, they're still in my heart, you know.